everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot When we talk about voter suppression, we often use the term bad actors. Individuals that are actively trying to suppress voters. Jesse Littlewood is the vice president for campaigns at Common Cause, a nonpartisan democracy organization that works to protect voting rights. Bad actors can be foreign. Bad actors can be domestic. Bad actors can be uh, individuals or bots pushing information out into the media ecosystem. In our viral virtual world, bad actors are lurking behind every screen. Working to intentionally spread incorrect information across social media and other types of media to create an environment where it feels like voting isn't something we all do together, but it's some kind of partisan battlefield. But never fear, because our democracy has its protectors too, including you. You've taken the challenge, and you've chosen to be a disinformation fighter. Put on your capes, democracy heroes. It's time for your training. You are a newly deputized troll buster. The first crime-fighting superpower that you can tap into is skepticism. The first thing is to be skeptical of anything that makes extremely explosive claim or takes a singular incident as proof of some kind of widespread pattern. Another super strength that you have at the ready? Good information. Flood your feeds with it. Let that audience know how to find the trusted source of information. Secretaries of State Office of your state or the website canivote.org, which goes to the National Association of Secretaries of State, and that'll warp people directly to the right information for their state. Finally, be aware of the kryptonite that may weaken your powers. Don't engage, something I often find very hard to do. You have to combat the urge to reply or debunk um, or dunk on any kind of wrong content that you see online. No matter any response that you put to a piece of online social media content, the social media algorithms will read that as engagement and try and push it in front of other individuals. So even the frowny face or the retweet that says this is garbage will end up 
telling the social media algorithm, this is highly engaging content, we should put it on in front of other people in their feed. Instead, you should flag it within the platform, Facebook and Twitter and many other platforms have processes where you can report disinformation when it comes to voting and elections. The other thing you can do is report it to the disinformation experts at Common Cause. You can also join our social media monitoring team, become part of this growing movement of democracy advocates that are using their online personas to fight against disinformation and to protect every voter. I'm Katie Couric, and this is Turnout. Today on the podcast, the scourge of disinformation. While it's not exclusive to the internet age, we've seen billboards, flyers, and unsolicited phone calls. It is thriving online like never before. A tweet or a post can be spread to millions almost instantaneously, and there's almost no cost to doing it. And it gives more opportunity for the bad actors to try a bunch of tactics, to throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks because there's very little downside to them. The platforms and the action that they can take against these bad actors are pretty limited. It can be difficult for them to wall off their platform from a bad actor who wants to come back on the platform and be able to try something again. So far in our podcast series, we've covered the physical barriers to the ballot, like the financial burden of a poll tax, the hoops you have to jump through to register to vote, and the arcane laws that keep formerly incarcerated people from voting. But when it comes to cyber suppression, Jesse says voters should be aware of three types of information disorders, disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation. Disinformation is something false, even if it sometimes contains a little nugget of truth that is deliberately created and spread to harm a person, a group, an organization, or make trouble when it comes to our elections. So disinformation is used for voter suppression when you tell people the wrong date, uh, day, the wrong place, or the wrong manner in which they can vote in order to confuse them or cause them to miss their chance to cast a ballot. Misinformation is similarly false information, but it isn't necessarily intended to cause harm. You can think about it kind of like accidental disinformation. The rules can actually vary pretty significantly state to state. So some of the misinformation around voter suppression that we see online has to do with people incorrectly assuming a one-size-fits-all approach to something like mail-in balloting, um, and instead can create confusion and can actually cause people to um, understand something wrong or, or to choose not to make use of a safe, secure, and available option for them to vote. Now, the very last type, the third type of information disorder is called malinformation. And this is the one that not a lot of people necessarily know about. So malinformation is sort of defined by true information that's used to cause harm of a group. So one example could be leaking private information about someone in order to embarrass them or helping other people to abuse them. That could be private communications, it could be personal information. What Common Cause is doing to stop cyber suppression works on two levels. The first, as Jesse mentioned earlier, is flooding the internet with those trusted sources of information. The second level is removing as many instances of disinformation as possible. We're working with the social media companies to make sure they strengthen their terms of service. 
while we're working as well with disinformation experts and big data experts to analyze the overall social media conversation and flag disinformation and bad actors to the companies themselves. And then we've also recruited hundreds of social media monitoring volunteers, so nonpartisan volunteers that are active on social media who we've given advanced training on how to identify and flag incidences of cyber suppression. So we document it, analyze it, and then we take action on it. Volunteers are actually extremely important because there are some places that the big data and social media experts can't see because they're private social networking locations. So a great example is a private Facebook group or Nextdoor, the neighborhood platform, social media platform where you have to verify your address and then you're placed within a neighborhood and only the people in your neighborhood can see your content. So volunteers who are active in their communities on social media are the only way we're able to monitor and help document and remove disinformation as it comes to voting and elections on those platforms. Combating cyber suppression also means looking into a crystal ball of sorts to stop the lies before they take root and spread. By reviewing our database of disinformation, we can understand what are some of the most pernicious narratives that could impact voters, and we're creating effective responses to that, either by pre-bunking that with the correct information that helps protect people from uh, believing something that's not true, or helping people understand what is true and why they may have received some disinformation about something that comes to voting. One of the challenges of playing whack-a-mole when it comes to disinformation is, one, how the platforms read their own policies can be really different than how the voting rights advocates and voters themselves can be affected by it. And, and some of that has to do with geography, right? Like when we post content on social media, usually we don't specify a specific geography we're talking about. And the voting and elections rules often vary state by state. But the platforms aren't necessarily able or willing to educate their moderators and to make a clear enough rules to help per prevent disinformation that has to do with some of these cases that can vary from place to place. That, I don't think, is an excuse. We're talking about our democracy, the most fundamental part of what keeps our country running and gives all citizens and all voters the ability of making decisions for our country. It's really not an excuse that it's complicated. These are super smart, super wealthy, super accomplished individuals that run a highly, highly successful company. I believe, I truly believe that they could figure this out if they applied themselves. So how do we hold social media networks accountable? Put Mark Zuckerberg's feet to the flame. That's coming up right after this. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> 
Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Mr. Zuckerberg, does Facebook consider itself a neutral public forum? Senator, we consider ourselves to be a platform for all ideas. In April of 2018, Mark Zuckerberg appeared before the Senate's Commerce and Judiciary Committees to discuss Russian disinformation on Facebook and a massive data breach. Let me ask the question again. Does Facebook consider itself to be a neutral public forum? And representatives of your company have given conflicting answers on this. Uh, Senator, here's how we think about this. I don't believe that uh, there is certain content that clearly we do not allow. That data breach happened four years before Zuckerberg was in the hot seat. Facebook rolls out a new tool today that will start notifying users if you are among the 87 million people whose personal data may have been harvested by political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica. In 2014, a British voter profiling company called Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica. A company called Cambridge Analytica. Harvested private information from the Facebook profiles of more than 50 million users without their permission. That private information was primarily used for political advertising in the 2016 presidential election. And it was one of the largest leaks in Facebook's history. That massive story, which was a 2019 Pulitzer Prize finalist. Hi, Carol. Hi. I came in at just the right time then. (laughs) Was exposed by British investigative journalist Carol Cadwallader. It's not just a company which has all this power. It's an empire which is ruled by the boy king, Mark Zuckerberg. 
I invited Carol to come on the podcast to find out how much this ubiquitous social media platform is destroying our democracy and what, if anything, we can all do about it. The thing I find most terrifying about Facebook is this realization that there is just simply no body on earth that can hold this company to account. It really is bigger than governments and law enforcement agencies and regulators. Decisions are made by personalities. There are no checks and balances at all on that power. And in that way, it is. <laughs> the, the, the nearest comparison is to North Korea. Facebook's family of apps, including Instagram and WhatsApp, has more than 2.9 billion global users every month which is nearly two-fifths of the world's population. But the danger of that kind of power is that it's not obvious. In fact, for Carol, it took those years of reporting and a few key moments to be able to see the wolf hiding in the hoodie. The Federal Trade Commission has voted to fine Facebook nearly $5 billion for mishandling users' personal information. One of the key moments was when uh, Facebook was fined $5 billion for the data abuse scandal with Cambridge Analytica. And this was a record fine. You know, it was the biggest ever by the FTC. And Facebook's share price actually went up on that day because it, was, it, it just wasn't that bad. I mean, $5 billion really is nothing to a company of the size and scale of Facebook. And then the other moment was for me was when Mark Zuckerberg, he kept on refusing to come to Britain to answer questions to our parliament about what happened in the Brexit referendum. Mark Zuckerberg will not appear in front of parliament in the UK after he declined the invitation from the chair of the Digital, Culture, Media and Sports Committee, Damien Collins. It's this sort of extraordinary moment of, of really thinking about what that kind of power means in the world. And I think, you know, I think people in America are just sort of waking up to a bit of that really starkly in terms of the next few weeks in the election. Let's talk about disinformation during the election. How prevalent is it and how worrisome is it? I think it's incredibly worrisome. The way to think of it is it is this sort of toxic pollution. It, it is a sort of oil slick almost, which has sort of spread through the entire information space lies and misinformation is spread at speed and scale because the algorithm favours it. A British news organisation did a series of reports in September which were really interesting around the topic of voter suppression and which is because they got hold of the RNC's entire voting database from 2016 and they discovered, you know, in the voter files People had been marked for deterrence. And that was voters who were targeted with suppression ads, who they were trying to stop turning out to vote. And they discovered it was uh, black and minority voters who were disproportionately targeted for deterrence using Facebook's tools and, you know, this mass of data, including stolen Facebook data. To, to, to target them. And there's something really, really, really disturbing about that. You know, it's the machinery of fascism. The idea that this American company 
is being used to to racially profile people and then target them with the intention of trying to stop them turn out to vote. I mean, it's just, it is the stuff of dystopia. Facebook is being used to subvert democracy. Coming up, how Carol is subverting the subverter. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For years, Carol Cadwallader reported on the ways Facebook funneled racism and unchecked disinformation into millions of users' feeds, manipulating the world's most powerful democracy during the 2016 presidential election. This time around, Carol wasn't about to stand by and watch Facebook interfere in yet another presidential race. It's an emergency intervention. It's born out of this recognition 
that there is no way of holding it to account and that it essentially is a dangerous weapon that is um, about to be, is already being deployed in an incredibly consequential election. And from this realisation that there is no way of, of making Facebook do the right thing, there is no actual mechanism or lever to do this. So we had to just try and invent our own. She gathered together a coalition of academics, legal experts and civil rights leaders to act as a check against Facebook's unbalanced power. The group calls itself the real Facebook Oversight Board. Facebook was terribly proud of the fact that it had this idea for setting up its so-called oversight board. And originally, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, it was three years ago they started talking about it. And it still hasn't appeared so it's it may, they say, it may be up and running before the election. But even if it is, it doesn't really matter because all it is looking at in the initial stages is it's a kind of supreme court for Facebook is the idea. But all it's going to be able to rule on initially is if somebody's had their post taken down, they can appeal and the oversight board can make a decision on whether it should go back up again. And when you think of the sort of the number of harms that Facebook is doing and the danger it represents, that is like, honestly, the least of them. The group kicked things off on September 30th with a live press conference hosted, where else, on Facebook. It's a sort of a guerrilla act of subversion, basically. It's kind of like punk. (laughs) It's a sort of punk theatre. This is a live press conference. You'll first be hearing from six board members. And the amazing thing is that these really brilliant academics and civil rights leaders got the idea immediately and sort of like jumped at the prospect of it and have really thrown themselves into it. With that, I would like to introduce Shoshana Zuboff, author of The Age of Surveillance Capitalism and Professor Emerita, Harvard Business School. Shoshana? Thank you, Kyle. Our group has come together for one purpose. We demand comprehensive action to ensure that Facebook cannot be weaponized to undermine the vote and with it, American democracy. What are you doing with the real Facebook oversight board? What are your goals? So for the first press conference that we did, you know, those, there's a lot of people on the board with a lot of diverse opinions. But we tried to see what consensus there was around a couple of kind of minimum asks. And we did actually reach consensus. Essentially, one of them Facebook has now done. So its first ask was around anything to delegitimize the election during that crucial period between close of polls and before a winner is announced. And now Facebook has announced that it's not allowing political ads during for a well, it's saying I think it's for a week after the election. But it's made this thing about any ads which delegitimise the election, you know, declare victory prematurely. It's it's banning those. But the other key demand is around organic content, which is so because that is we know is going to be like the real problem during that period. So we are asking for a uh, anything which is calling victory prematurely, casting doubt about the validity of the election misreporting voter fraud, etc., that we're saying that those should be clearly labelled. And then the other key demand is just that they're just asking for Facebook to enforce its own policies. 
So Facebook has policies around incitement to violence, for example. It just doesn't enforce them. And one of the people it doesn't enforce that policy on is the president of the United States. It's an awesome idea, but realistically, Carol, I mean, is it is it somewhat impotent? I mean, what can this real oversight board do? Yes. I mean, that is the point. There, It is impotent because we are all impotent because we don't have the power. Facebook has the power and there is, as I say, nothing on earth that can change that. However, the only thing that Facebook ever, 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 ever responds to is public pressure. It is pressure from the American press and the American people. So... Um, the, the only thing we can do is create a noise and to try and amplify the voices of people who need to be heard from. And you know what, to be honest with you, one of my thoughts about it was if the worst does happen and terrible things do happen and Facebook doesn't take the steps to prevent them and it, it, it deliberately enables the inciting of violence, etc., etc., there is going to be a framework in place of people who are able to mobilise and to be a counter voice to Facebook. Because, you know, it has all of the money and all of the lobbyists and all of the spokespeople and all of the PR firms and all of the contact. So it, it gets its message out very powerfully across the media. And part of this is about a sort of an organised response to have these other voices who are, can explain the harms and why it is so important that action is taken now and that their voices are heard in the media. So it's, you know, it's a fool's errand, I'm sure. But at the same time, it just felt that we, because we could try, we had to try. One of the things we all have to do is understand that we absolutely have a role to play in this. I'm not just a journalist, I'm a citizen. And it's like, we do have to really understand that we have to step up if we don't want to see our countries sort of descend into authoritarian chaos, then it really is as up for us as individuals to, um, to realise that the only way that any of this is going to stop, the only way we're going to help hold these companies to account is, uh, you know, it's got to come from us as individuals. We've got to find ways to work together and there is power, you know, which can come from a united uh, band of people who are do stand up to power. I mean, that's been so, that story has been so powerfully told with Black Lives Matter. And I think that hopefully a lot more people realise that actually you do need to sort of stand up and be counted and to be trying in whatever way you can to hold the line. Truths, facts, evidence-based reporting, rule of law, institutions, these things are so important and we have to realise their value and defend them in whatever means possible, really. Facebook has made some attempts to monitor the content on its platform. Recently, the company announced it would ban anything that denies or distorts the Holocaust, as well as QAnon, an organization that promotes and perpetuates outrageous conspiracy theories. They are now making some decisions on, you know, like the QAnon stuff, although 
there is, you know, that doesn't go far enough. I'm optimistic that the challenges that our democracy faced today can be overcome because we've overcome harder challenges in the past. For Jesse Littlewood, hope springs eternal. We are faced with a whole suite of challenges to voters and to the belief in the integrity of our democracy, but we've confronted even tougher problems in the past. And while not perfect, our democracy was improved and expanded through those other challenges. So I think we have a resilient system and a pretty resilient population. It's a path that is a hard one, and we are currently headed in the wrong direction when it comes to rebuilding trust and civic participation. But if you talk to young people today who are civically engaged, they're involved in the fight for uh, to stop climate change. Ready? No action, no future, no action, no future, no action, no future, no action, no. Or they're involved in advocacy around gun control or the way that we should be approaching those subjects. Everyday shootings. Our everyday problems. My name is Trevon Bosley, and I'm here with the Brave Youth Leaders. They're involved across the board on a whole different set of civic issues. So there's an opportunity to rebuild a sense of civic engagement, and voting is one of those ways. I think it's a problem when people in the voting community say that that's the only way you should get involved. It certainly is an important one, but it's not the only thing that is going to help get us out of it. Participation is the secret. I don't believe we're going to be able to litigate lobby or legislate our way out of a diminished civic society. It's going to take active participation on behalf of individuals to be able to improve the condition of our democracy. Next week on Turnout. We're the moral compass of the country. Why kids these days may be the real democracy heroes. There's a visionary power that young people hold, and that is something that we need to continue to follow. Young people, not a certain generation, are the moral compass of the country. Hey, listeners, before we wrap up, I want to share some of those websites again. If you want to report the disinformation you see on the Internet, go to commoncause.org slash disinfo. To keep up with the Real Facebook Oversight Board, visit realfacebookoversight.org. And for all you need to know about how and where to vote in your state, go to vote.org. And finally, for the latest election coverage, make sure to sign up for my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call. Just go to katiecouric.com for that. Turnout is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric and Courtney Litz. Supervising producers Lauren Hansen. Associate producers Derek Clements, Eliza Costas, and Emily Pinto. Editing by Derek Clements and Lauren Hansen. Mixing by Derek Clements. Our researcher is Gabriel Loser. And special thanks to my right-hand woman, Adriana Fazio. You can follow me at all my election coverage at Katie Couric. So until next week, I'm Katie Couric. This is Turnout. Thanks so much for listening. Tired of restless nights? 
At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.